Welcome back to Return to Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Clint Curry. If this is your first time here with me, then thank you very much for joining me today. If you've been here before, I appreciate your continued loyalty to the truth, this podcast, and for coming back for more. If you haven't yet listened to our previous podcast episode, or season for that matter, then please make sure you go back and give it a listen. As always, before we begin any episode, we need to ask God to guide us into a better understanding of His Word. So with all that said, let's go ahead and start off with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for allowing us this time to study your Word and what it is that you are trying to tell us. Continue to save us from ourselves. Continue to allow us to see only you in this world and nothing else. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. The title of today's episode is Going Under. A news article from the Associated Press says this, A small Philippine ferry turned upside down when passengers suddenly crowded to one side in panic as fierce winds pummeled the wooden vessel, leaving at least 26 people dead, while 40 others were rescued, officials said Friday. Coast Guard and police said search and rescue efforts had resumed after a pause Thursday night. Officials said it remained unclear how many people were aboard, which capsized Thursday in Laguna de Bay, east of Manila. When people rushed to one side of the vessel amid severe winds, the boat tilted and its outtrigger broke. Then the boat capsized shortly after. Sea accidents are common in the Philippines because of frequent storms, poorly maintained boats, overcrowding, and weak enforcement of safety regulations. Have you ever been in a place where you thought you were going to drown? The water's completely swallowing you up. You began to sink, gasping for your breath, holding on to whatever is around you, reaching out, hoping to grab a hold of anything you can, or hoping someone will grab a hold of you and lift you up. It's an horrific feeling, the idea of knowing your time is running out, being surrounded by the very thing that will take your life and your breath. It's not something I would wish on anyone. In the Bible, it actually tells us of a similar account about a man who attempted to walk on water and thought he was going to drown in the process. He was quite literally going under and did all he could to cry out for help before the waters would swallow him up. But something else happened instead. In Matthew, we read about Peter walking on the water. And if we look closely enough at this story, we may just discover the courage to follow his example and step out in faith. Are you willing to step outside of the boat? The story of Jesus and Peter walking on water appears in three of the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and John. But only in one account, the book of Matthew, do we also learn that Peter also walked on water. Let me go ahead and paint this picture for everyone that's listening. You can find this in Matthew 14, 22-33. It reads like this. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on a mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. 
But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. And Peter answered and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw that the wind was boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him, and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. Then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. You know, there are an estimated 236,000 annual drowning deaths worldwide, and that's just the ones we know of. That's an astounding number for just drowning. However, did you know that there are millions upon millions of people who are drowning every single day in a completely different way? They are drowning spiritually. Some are slowly killing off their chance at eternal salvation. They are depleting themselves of every last bit of oxygen that they have, and they don't even know it. Or maybe they do and they don't care. Soon they will blaspheme the Holy Spirit, and the watery grave will be their house in the depth of the sea. Psalms 88.17 says this, They came round about me daily like water. They compassed me about together. The things of this world, the cares of this life, and the sinful desires are slowly surrounding them, overtaking them, and they are getting deeper and deeper into the waters of sin. Sometimes the storms of life are pushing them back into the boat, away from Jesus, where they think they are safe in their own world. To be honest, drowning spiritually is an even worse fate than drowning physically. What does Jesus say about it? Well, it's not good. Matthew 18.6 says, It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and that he were drowned in the depth of the sea. It would be better for you to drown physically than spiritually. That's what he's saying here. In other words, have you no idea what you are doing to yourself? You can't even begin to fathom the idea of what you're giving up. Is it even worth it? The short time we live on this earth is nothing compared to eternity. Probably 80 plus years of this life, if you live that long, versus eternity in the next. Eternal death or eternal life. There is so much more waiting for you. Why throw it all away? John chapter 10 verses 28 through 29 says this, And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. And yet, so many would rather fill their lungs with the waters of sin than the healing breath of life that is Jesus. Sin will cover you up. Like a flood, it will completely wash you away. Before you know it, you will be in over your head. Psalms 38.4 says this, For mine iniquities are gone over mine head. 
as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Staying in the boat of this world is insane. The storm is still coming. The boat won't stop it. Stepping outside of the boat is difficult because you have to walk on the waters of sin. You have to rule over it. Genesis chapter 4 verse 7 says this, If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. But notice how we are commanded to step out. Peter asked that he would command him to come out into the water, to step outside of the boat. We are called to step outside of this world, to walk on the waves of sin, not to be in them. When Jesus commands you to do something, you obey him. Jesus told Peter to come to him on the water. Even though it made no real sense to do it, and I'm sure maybe even at the time, Peter might have even felt like he made a bad choice when he looked overboard. But Peter did exactly what Jesus said. This is what true obedience looks like, doing exactly what Jesus says. But this is what I command them, saying, Obey my voice, and I will be your God, and you shall be my people, and walk in the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. That's Jeremiah 7.23. It was when he took his eyes off Jesus, he began to be afraid and started to sink. Isn't that the truth? How long have you taken your eyes off of Jesus? For how long have you been sinking? Is there any breath left in you? How much longer will you last in the waters? So what can be done? What can you do exactly to save yourself from drowning a spiritual death like this? Well, to be honest, it all starts with looking back at how far you've come. Sometimes when I get a chance, I like to go out to the beach. And when I'm swimming in the ocean, I don't realize it. But before I know it, I'm pretty far out there in the waters. I look back and I find myself extremely far from the shore. How did I get so far? I wasn't that far before. You see, you have to look back at your starting point. You have to ask yourself some questions. Can I even see where I began? Where did I even come from? How deep am I? Where's the shoreline? Do I even see it at this point? Am I even breathing in Christ anymore? But you know what? You don't have to worry. God just doesn't throw out a life preserver to a drowning person. He will go to the depths of the ocean and pull up a corpse from the bottom of where they lay and breathes back into them the breath of life and makes them alive again. You have to bring yourself to a point where you can say three words, Lord, save me. When Peter had fear, he sank in the water. The same is true for you. Fear will sink you and sin will engulf you. The word save in the Greek means to keep safe and sound, to rescue from danger or destruction. It means to save one from injury or peril, to save a suffering one from perishing, to preserve one who is in danger of destruction. Charles Spurgeon once said this, Where did Peter pray this prayer? It was not in a place set apart for public worship or in his usual place for private prayer. But he prayed this prayer just as he was sinking in the water. He was in great peril, so he cried out, Lord, save me. You can pray this prayer anywhere you want, 
It doesn't matter how far you are down in the waters. Notice this part in the verse. It says here, And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. He doesn't waste any time, does he? He will immediately save you. No questions asked. But you have to call out first. You have to step out of the boat. You have to call out to God. Micah 7.19 says this, He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou wilt cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. What an amazing promise we have. A commentator in the mid-1800s named David Thompson wrote this, Brother, the sea of human life is a sea of depravity, and like the sea of Tiberias, is ever subject to storms. It is the sea of tempest, many of struggling ships it has engulfed. Blessed be God, a deliverer has appeared walking on the waves. He has trodden down the billows at the height of their fury and left abundant proofs of his power to subdue the wildest tempest and save the most imperiled voyagers. Even those who, like Peter, feel themselves sinking beneath the swelling surge shall be saved, if, like Peter, they turn their eyes to him and cry, Lord, save me. We seem to want to go in the same direction that we're looking, don't we? So when Peter saw the effects of the raging winds upon the water, that's exactly where he was going. His objective was then obscured by his own observation. He was then engulfed and sinking fast. Oh, how often we make the same mistakes which Peter made. So next, we need to have faith. It is simply taking the next step. Peter took one single step to get out of the boat and onto the water, and that was it. Peter was doing just fine when he focused on the next step, towards Jesus, and got into a whole wave of trouble when he lost sight of his next step. Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Why did we ever lose faith? He is able, he is willing, we shouldn't doubt anymore. Don't ever feel like you're too deep to call out to God. I read an amusing story the other day. It goes like this. It says, A man on the corner looked ragged. People kept coming by and putting money in his hand. The preacher went by and gave him $20 and whispered, Don't despair. The next Monday, the preacher saw the same man. The man walked up to the preacher and gave him $800. The preacher said, What is this for? The man answered, Don't despair won the second race and paid 40 to 1. We don't have to despair. Jesus says, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Don't take your eyes off the one who can keep you afloat. Psalms 56.3 says this, What time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. It says here, He walked on the water to go to Jesus. That should tell us something. Sometimes you have to do what seems impossible. Sometimes we have to walk on water in order to get to Jesus, don't we? It's not an easy process to walk on water. Try it sometime and see how that works out. But when you have your eyes locked in place, in the correct direction, there is no stopping what God can do. You're not looking at the winds or the waves or anything else around you. 
All you see is Jesus at this point. Fear will sink you. When Peter had faith, he walked on water. When he had fear, he sank in the water. The same is true for you. Fear will sink you, and before you know it, sin will settle in around you. 2 Timothy 1.7 says this, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Is there any fear that is gripping and controlling your decision to follow Christ? Why are you staying in the boat of the world? Why are you staying in the waters of sin? From the book Desire of Ages, it says, When trouble and sin comes upon us, how often are we like Peter? We look upon the waves instead of keeping our eyes fixed upon the Savior. Our footsteps slide and the proud waters go over our souls. Jesus did not bid Peter come to him that he should perish. He does not call us to follow him and then forsake us. Fear not, he says, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou hast walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord, thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. No sooner had Jesus taken his place in the boat, the winds ceased, and immediately the ship was at land whither they went. The night of horror was succeeded by light of dawn. The disciples and others also were on the boat, bowed at the feet of Jesus with thankful hearts, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. With that said, the next part to this is having strength to keep taking those steps forward to Christ. He will help you. He will strengthen you. And I promise he will uphold you. It says here in Isaiah 41.10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This world will continue to drag you down into the depths of sin. There's no doubting that. But if you continue in the path of God, you will be unstoppable. But will you listen? How long before you go fully under and it's too late? Once you are under the waters, it's hard for anyone to hear you. So let's recap real quick. The boat is this sinful world we live in right now. We think we are safe and sound in our own corner of the boat. A self-sense of safety. No one can touch me, we think. But in reality, you are already sinking and taking on water. And regardless, the storms are still coming. These waves and storms are the sin of this world that will try to take you down, lure you away from the one you seek when you do get the courage to step outside of the world or the boat. Your steps equal the faith and strength you have in Jesus to continue forward to Him without stopping. And your sight must be in direct contact with Him at all times or you will find yourself at the bottom of the ocean. So in closing, get out of the boat, walk on the waves, and seek out the one who will give you true safety and eternal life. You drown not by falling into an ocean, 
but by staying submerged in it. Get out while you still can, while you still have breath left. That's all for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening. We have so much more coming your way. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Just search the name Return to Truth and look for the logo. So feel free to drop us a Bible question and we will answer it here live on the show. You can also leave comments or even request a shout out. You can find Return to Truth on many different podcast apps. Just search Return to Truth and look for the logo. Make sure to follow this podcast channel on any of those apps or websites to stay up to date. Don't forget to then comment and rate because I want to hear from you. And please remember to share this podcast as much as you can. New episodes are dropping every single Monday. So remember to stay tuned for our next episode as we return to truth.